All right. Well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Google Play. I've been adding more and more streaming services to our repertoire of areas where you can get the podcast. Check us out. How you do it? You search what? What do you search, Brian? What's the word you search, <laughs> oh Brian? God. Oh, my Lord. What's the word you search? It's glue. Did you just search glue, right? In, uh, on or Google? glue guys. If you just put in glue, that's something like Mostly happen. it'll pop up. Um, Nelson Ortiz, thank you for telling us about uh, that we should be on Google Play. It was a very easy process, and we are on Google Play. Um, right on, Nelson. Uh, check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, and check us out on Nets Daily. Week two of the Nets Daily Glue Guys partnership. Week one was a a, a massive success, just the best, um, the best partnership yet. We <laughs> we we nearly had a thousand listens at least. For the first pod, a pod dropped in the beginning of October, way before best. Sound like season. Donald Trump the way you're talking yeah, about these I mean, numbers. I mean, fantastic. <laughs> you know, just not gonna even try, but absolutely fantastic. I mean, the the biggest pod that's ever been on, you know. Yeah, and and any, uh, on the internet, it's probably the biggest pod. Stop. On the internet. We have to stop now. We're gonna have to do this over again. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, welcome back. Week two. Mm-hmm. Week two of uh the Nets championship crawl. We we <laughs> we saw some basketball. Over between weeks one and two, encouraging. It smells right. Uh, yeah, on the, the whole, buzzword out of the whole thing. On the whole, I think it was encouraging. Um, yeah, I don't know what. What were you looking for? What did you see, Mike? What Give did me I some see? Hot takes. What did, did you see? <laughs> My top three things that I saw over the next preseason <laughs> yeah. first two yeah. games. What did you? What I saw was Jeremy Lin. I mean, it has to be the headline. Has to be the main thing that everyone was excited about. Sure, looked like. Oh. Like looked like not Lin sanity quite, but like pretty competent, Super better competent. than anything that was on the team last Can I year. I say I have a, a a real. I'm looking forward to just watching his. You know me. I'm a I'm a geek for form, for mechanics, jump shot mechanics. Yeah. I and if there's anything I know about you. And Se- Steph Curry has ruined that for me, kind of, and him popularizing this um, flick of the wrist shot from from the center of his chest, I re- which I really hate. It's nice to see a lock and load catapult shots being done properly. <laughs> That's what Jeremy's got. That's what he's got. He's got the lock and load catapult. Um, it just feels right, you know. Yeah, and and like, and like Darren Williams had a nice jump shot, but he would jump too high. He, that was his huge problem. It used to get under my skin. And then when it, when he would come down from yeah. the jump, his ankles yeah. would twist, right. and he'd be out for three oh, three months geez. or so. You know, we got slammed for uh, on Twitter for for being negative about Karis Levert's legs. Um, yeah, yeah, which is which is fair, Mike. You were unfair. He has legs. It it's a low blow. What was that a pun? Was that Do an attempted pun? Because <laughs> it's below. It, the legs are the lower part of your body. Mike, you are on and fire if, today. If I'm if I'm insulting his legs, it's a low blow. You did it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, thank you for, again, BK Glue guys. At BK Glue guys, we love your criticism. We love mm-hmm. your questions. Um, if you want to be involved in the podcast. Yeah. Tweet us at that, and also at Netspod, netspod at gmail.com. We could, we could put a little um, disclaimer on this. I, I will say I am a Nets fan. I've been a Nets fan my whole life. I don't know. like A lot of new listeners, they probably don't know anything about us, really. Mike is a hateful, hateful man. He's a bad person. He's a mean guy, and he mean, doesn't like the Nets. Mean and guy. So, <laughs> so that's what I go for. Yeah. I, I try to balance that out as best as I can without seeming insane, but Mike is a bad person so sure he says horrible things about good people and you're mike pence and i'm donald trump <laughs> yeah exactly yes. yes uh so just 
keep that in mind as as these you know as the season wears on and we're and maybe the winds aren't racking up as fast as we'd like and mike is going it's to seize person. on that like like a hyena you know stalking a right a th- a, what a wildebeest what are they i don't know something yeah. something on the way out wildebeest or things they what is a timon or pumbaa uh like there's like a meerkat and a warthog yeah so maybe warhogs all right um <laughs> why does everything always come back to the line came with you? No, so anyways, I'm just saying like we 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 we're going to try our best to keep it balanced, but Mike often weighs us down and it's going to be a long season, let's be honest. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um again, literally pe- new people are listening to us. This is the second time they'll hear us and you've tainted my reputation. I I'm you tainted I'm, your own reputation, yeah, Mike. That's you, true. That's quite true. <laughs> um do you um, want, you want some hot takes? Hot takes one. Yes. Hot takes one. Let's start from the top. The top down, yes. offense, defense. What's? Oh man, don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me when I launch into my X's and O's. Offense, de- yeah, go. No, I'm ready. All right, here's what I liked. Here's what here's my yes, one piece, and you're gonna like me. this. You tell me. Here's what I liked. I liked there was one moment in the Nets Pistons game where Brook Lopez has you know his he was starting to shoot threes and. Uh, he failed to rotate all the way to the corner, and I think it was like Sean Kilpatrick kicked it to where he should have been, and Brooke Lopez did the apologizing for the broken play because he was supposed to be at a certain position. That's the kind of thing, that's the kind of attention to detail that I like, you know? Because, yeah, it was a bad pass. And that's pass. Kenny Atkinson. That, that is something that I think, you like, first of all, a play like that you would never see in the last four years of playing, of, of Nets basketball. Just nothing. What, Brooke being Brooke, open in the corner? Brooke being open in the corner. Yeah. So nice to see that even just like conceptually. Also nice to see Brooke Lopez being the guy that's taking responsibility for being, you know, a couple feet off from where he was supposed to be. But I don't think that's like not in Brooke's character. No, like that, no. That's sort I of know. in his DNA. But so it's like, easy. It's easy when you're I'm saying it's when you're in that position, it's easy to be like, why didn't you just. Pay? Yeah, I know I'm not in position, but just give me the ball. It's like not so. But it's like this adherence to to the play that I kind of like. Well, and like the one thing that Kenny Atkinson has really working for him, so there's a severe lack of talent on this team. That's pretty obvious, but it seems like the type of players that Marks has brought in are all like buy-in, you know, I'm going to do whatever the coach says, I'm going to follow what the coaches want me to do type of players. I mean, mm-hmm. Trevor Booker is very much like that. Yeah, Scola is kind of like, you know, he's on a planet to himself, but he'll do whatever the team, I mean, he... He shot threes, I think, last year for the Pacers, something that he's never done in his career. At, at a pretty blistering rate. Too. Sean Kilpatrick's like Mr. Coach Pleaser, from all I can tell. He seems to be in the gym all the time. Yeah. He he just I, wants to make it. I do think he's still going to have a hard time in this system with this team. I think this, I mean, he is by nature a sort of microwave off the bench offense player, and that is not what this system seems to be about. Guys like him and Chris McCullough, and particularly Bennett, I think, who are just not naturally. They get the ball and they see the rim. That's what they want to be doing. Especially, yeah, McCullough is. That, McCullough's I mean, that's, got got uh, loves his jump shot and really hasn't been. He's that got good. tunnel vision. Um, Bennett also is pretty difficult to watch for me at present, and it just he seems to lack a lot of intuition, and that's a big problem. And it, and it, I mean, it's not really a problem because like they're not relying on him. No. But if you're if I mean, you're it's getting a problem for him, if you get yeah, if you're getting excited for this season and you're trying to watch like who's going to do well this season you want Bennett to be yeah to actually show you something I mean there's a reason why he was cut from yeah what did he was he even on Toronto at one point yeah yeah so he's been cut by by everyone 
and he had to try out for two weeks for the Nets to make this even make yeah. this roster. I mean, his instinct to like just dribble into human traffic is it's pretty startling. It's pretty bad, you know. And and that's a thing that you can fix pretty easily. Just be like, hey man, don't like as soon as you touch the ball, just commit to like driving forwards. Just like let the game come to you. Let the game come to you. Yeah, and I agree that Kilpatrick is not like doesn't fit right in with this offensive style, but. The thing is, like, there's no wing scoring on this team mm-hmm. in really any sense. And he's the only guy you can who can do that. I mean, so what's interesting about Jeremy Lin, going back to Lin for a sec, is that Atkinson, so, like, he played really well game one, and everyone was super hyped up about it. And Atkinson said, it was a good game, but what we have to do is get Jeremy back to being a point guard. Because what Jeremy was in Charlotte was basically, yeah, he was a back-off point guard off the bench, but he would run the offense through himself to score. And you know that that's going to be something we're going to, that's they're going to have to figure out all the year because if if Jeremy Lin is just scoring for himself essentially and him and Brooke are working a two man game then the three other guys in the court are going to be not utilized and the offense is not going to reach its potential and Atkinson you know we were talking about Kilpatrick sort of not being able to fit in Atkinson is that's going to going to bother the team if Jeremy Lin's just sort of looking for his own shot I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen but this team needs more. Jeremy Lin, who's looking to set up other people as opposed to, like, I'm just going to try to score and shoot a bunch of threes. But, uh, <clears throat> honestly, I'd be fine with it if he just decided to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, he's his ability to drive is, is pretty unique. It's pretty nice. I'm, I'm very impressed with his ability to finish, you know. Um, I I was very encouraged by what I saw against, against Detroit. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know the defensive side. Are you familiar with that? You don't. You don't know much about that. Yeah, I always. I always <laughs> like. So, preseason basketball is the most legitimate form of preseason pro athletics. Like mm-hmm. baseball, doesn't matter. They always talk about how pitchers don't throw certain pitches and they try certain things, and hitters are really just trying to work. You know, they're trying to figure out a part of the plate where they're going to hit the ball. Football is a complete disgrace. Most of the time, mm-hmm. the stars aren't even there. In basketball, you'll have. Half the game, starters will be playing starters, so you can see what they're doing. Um, but I think preseason basketball defense, I can't imagine any team is running yeah. any type of like well, system I in think defense. If, if anyone's doing it, it's kind of us. Uh, you know, there are people that are definitely not don't have a good instinct for it, and but in general, what I tend like to see is a pretty aggressive, conservative defensive strategy not playing a lot of passing lanes not doing a ton of icing um like goading people into shooting jump shots all in all i i see it i get it i think that there's that there's somebody talking to them about about this defense stuff that they should be playing i'm just i'm so you know there's a lack of scoring on this team but i think the defensive side of the ball is going to be the, the biggest issue just because you know i think brooks a better defender than people say but jeremy's not Jeremy Lin's not a very good defender. That has been a, pr- a like proven myth. That is just that is just. I'm not you. saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's he's um you know name anyone James Harden. I'm not saying he's like a horrible defender. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he's not um lockdown AV Bradley superstar defender. Blah so blah he's, blah. He's middle of the pack. He's middle of the pack, but he's your starting point guard. So mm-hmm. he's middle of the pack. Brook is generously listed maybe as middle of the pack. His size alone makes him that. Mm-hmm. I, again, think he's a better defender than what his, the publicity on him is. Yeah. But then you look across the rest of the roster, there's 
Dude, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is the only legitimate. Who is actually really good. Like I was watching yeah. him pretty closely because he was doing. Like I'm worried about him just in general. I think he's probably got confidence Why? problems. He looks like his, his, the way he shoots. If and you got a hitch like that, you, there's something going on upstairs. He's got a lot of Karolinko. Like the way the way Karolinko came to the mm-hmm. Nets, which is just uh, yeah. he's not afraid. Hollis Jefferson isn't afraid to shoot, but he's gonna get there. I think if he doesn't. Yeah, I mean there was moments where he like put together some pretty interesting mid-range stuff which i you know that should be his his you know focus at at present like that three-point shot is a couple years off it's it's not it's not this year Um, yeah i mean he shouldn't he shouldn't shoot threes and uh but like i you know i whenever someone's like yeah he's like a really great defender oftentimes i don't really agree with this but i do agree with it in his case he he has the ability to like somehow both play passing lanes and deny a like it, and not get burned on it for for doing it. It's pretty wild. Yeah, but so sort of the problem with him is that he's the only guy on this team that can do that to anyone in terms of wing defense. He's the only guy. And and you know what you want him obviously you want him to play D and you want him to focus on D and learn to get better and better of guarding really good players, but you also want him to be able to learn to shoot. And if he's completely focused on defense, which he's going to have to be, um his shooting will not improve nearly the level it needs to be. I mean, again, it's when I see that they're they're for rotation. I'm gonna say this all year is Scola and Booker. That's a weak spot defensively for sure. They're two guard. Boyan is not well. Meanwhile, a good defender in any sense. Chris McCullough's defensive stats are actually pretty tasty. I mean, yeah, but again, we you can't rely on you you can't put McCullough out there because he has no sense of offense. He has zero sense of he he. What he does is the typical guy who's really good inside of a gym by himself. Mm-hmm. Is the Yijian Leon against a chair type offense, which is mm-hmm. super uh, slow. And just, like- just like the deliberate two dribbles, yeah. stop, beautiful shot, yeah. doesn't really go in. Beautiful yeah. looking shot, but I mean, you know, he's got tons of potential, so yeah. it'll be interesting to There's watch. There's a couple of moments where he jumped a lot higher than I thought he could. I was, I was happy to see that. I mean, he he he's a guy who... I don't know what he was listed at in terms of like combine stats in, term, uh, in in height, but if he adds a little bit of bulk, he could play center pretty easily. Speaking of bulk, have you seen Thon Maker lately? No, dude, he like got bulky like in two seconds. I was so in. I remember. So we were. I remember uh, when we were doing draft stuff before, and Thon Maker at one point was a second round pick, and it was like, oh yeah. my god, if the Nets could. Get Thon Maker in the second round, yeah, you know, because everyone thought he was going to be a disc- like awful. And he went tenth, or something? he went tenth. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's going to be better than pretty much. I mean, he's seven foot what? He's seven foot one, athletic, and can do, you know, yeah. any fouls like every play. But it's freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, so the Nets. You what know, else like, you got? I I got to say, like again, headlines encouraging. That's preseason because like there's so much negativity around this team from people mm-hmm. that watch basketball, but you know you can see you could see like the ground level of like what they have, which is Jeremy Lin and Brook Lopez running offense on some level, and if they get if they get any development from Rondé Hollis Jefferson or McCullough. Or if Boyan like stabilizes on some level and becomes a consistent, let's just say twelve point a game scorer, just that, that'll add a couple of pieces that maybe people don't think they had. But you know, we'll also <coughs> wanted to 
made, made mention of uh, Justin Hamilton, um, like being kind of sneaky good, a person who I like to watch. Yeah, I think he's. So, like, when he came over, right, he was from Sev- Sevilla, yeah. or I don't know, well, I'm not even try. But, um, <laughs> like, you hear, like, just, just hearing, like, sort of, like, the Porzingis type attributes of him. Yeah. Not I mean, nearly I would, that I level. Go that far, but, but, but I was, like, you know, seven footer who can shoot threes. And you're right. like, oh, yeah, that, like, how could that not work in the pros? Yeah. But he is smoking threes. I mean, he, like, it looks, it looks pretty, pretty auto for this dude. Yeah. Um, What's another one? I like the Yogi Ferrell Isaiah Whitehead battle for the for the for the backup point guard. <laughs> Did you see Brandon Jennings just like mugging uh, Isaiah Whitehead that whole Knicks game? I mean, it was no. it was pretty. I don't know if there's some kind of history there. There must be. There's got to be something going on. But like anytime that there was like there would be, an but... inbounds pass, he would just be like pre- his nose pressed against his cheek, be like get away from him, my like, God, dude. And I I'm not gonna do this in news around the league, but the Knicks, man, there's just a well. We're gonna do one Knicks story in news around the league, but there's like just too much, too much bad mojo around that team right now. Maybe a few too many knuckleheads. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, Break, and... breaking Rod Thorns one knucklehead a team rule. And Phil did a really, I mean, he, he did a pretty good job bringing in a bunch of confident players and making that team maybe a top four team in the East, but uh, there's some weirdness going on. I mean, obvious there's, there's the Derrick Rose trial, which is more than weirdness. It's, you know, it's some, it's real, but just, right. It, yeah, no, it doesn't feel quite well, right. Brandon Jennings, I have, haven't watched him in a long time. He is super annoying to watch. I, I don't n- normally feel this way about a lot of players, but like his particular brand of complaining and, and, uh, gesticulating, it's like a howling, screaming, like it's not, it's really off putting. Well, it's desperation at this point. Yeah. I think. He just like if he sees if if something to him reads as unjust, he just goes and like he just squeals. I mean squeals. And that's another thing you can say about this team is that I don't think there's any of those dudes yeah. on this team, which is like such a relief because you know it's it stinks to defend one of your like the guys you root for when they're like sort of like the Blake Griffin type, where mm-hmm. there's just like well, yeah, they're just annoying. Brooke, on the Brooke court. used to be that way, and it was hard. He used to make yeah. that pouty pouty butthole face, and uh, but he stopped doing that kind of yeah. And it's all Kenny Atkinson's, just culture. Is that just culture? Culture, culture, culture. Um, marketing, marketing, marketing. Um, so I can I can go keep going on, in on this. I have a couple of questions. Deeper. Dive in. I have in. a couple of questions Get for you. In the deep end. Get out there. Here's a very um, Skip Bayless-y kind of question. I'll, I'll loft your way. Um, let's just oh, say a, a, about, bad, a bad it's question. It's about race. <laughs> really. It's, it's uh, who takes the last shot on this team, Mike? Jeremy Lin. Yeah? Isn't it's that? Not, it's not Brooke Lopez? No, I mean I imagine every it's not Boyan Bogdanovich. Every end of game is going to be some pick situation between Brooke and Jeremy Lin, and someone's going to be left wide open in the corner, mm-hmm. and but Lin will still probably take the shot. What Why? is? What do you think? Here's another. Yeah, I think that's fine. What is <laughs> Fair. the starting lineup, and is it the same lineup as the quote unquote winning time lineup? Huh. Well, what would you say? So, Brooke, Brooke and Lynn are obvious. Um, I think it's going to depend on the four spot. It's going to depend on who's just having the better game and sort of like what they run on. I, I would imagine they would go offense-defense at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Um, defense being Brooker, offense being Scola. Wait, right, sorry. Sh- defense being Brooke, offense being Scola? Defense being Booker. Oh, Booker, sorry. For the four spot. Gotcha. Um, RH, Rondé is like... What do you do with him at the end of games, though? Yeah, that's my whole that's my whole shtick right here. You can't really leave him out there. Do you there. put Kilpatrick in 
for what Kilpatrick and Boyan for for Ronde? Yeah, I mean, like he's a pretty big Can't liability. Put Karis Levert out there. He's no legs. Stop, Doesn't stop, have legs. Stop with the snow legs. If he's got great legs, he's got a he's got uh, low blow. He's got our uh, low. Doesn't have legs. He finally has our orthopedic surgeon doing his his fifth metatarsal surgery. The guy who, who just cleans up everyone else's. He always waits for the third surgery. He's like, no, I'll wait for the third one. Like, oh, the pressure's <laughs> off by the third one. <laughs> the third one blows out. It's like that's not my fault. I just wonder what it looks like in there. Did you see Trainwreck? Uh, no. Well, there's a scene in there. So like Bill Hader, char- Bill Hader's oh, yeah, character I did. I did. is a. Sports is an orthopedist or yeah. whatever, whatever. Orthopedist, yeah. And and they they there's a shot of where it's like someone's he's operating someone's knee is just like wide open, split wide open. And I wonder if you have that many like surgeries on one part of your body. Is is it just like a a mush of of disgusting tendons and anyways? What? I don't know why I went right <laughs> probably, into that. I don't probably know why not. I think they're trying to make it look like you know as pretty. as good as as good as possible. I don't know. What what, what would you say? Uh, who's the who's the offense? that was my thing? Who's I was like, I think possession? I think at this point with Rondé Hollis Jefferson's current on court demeanor, don't want him to be playing in the last in the winning in the winning moments of a game. He, I like what he does. I like what he does. He's he's on the fast track to being a good player, but he seems yeah. like he's got real confidence issues, and that's a. But then, but then, what what can you say? You got to like work through those. You got to be in there for. For winning plays and winning moments. And and it's probably going to be a mandate from management that he is in there because what, you know, they're not going to go to the playoffs this year. So what's the point of not having him in there? Mm. Um, what he may lose two games for you, but those two games he loses, he'll learn from and get better and better and all that good yeah, stuff. This is the season to. Um, to but be doing it. so what's good about Hollis Jefferson is that the fact that he, so yeah, he can't shoot, but he, he has like way more of a sense of what he's supposed to do on a basketball court than most guys, like most guys in the league. Legitimately, like he, he, Passes the ball pretty well. He understands where he can go. He compensates for not being able to shoot by getting into he good spots. He can shoot. He can hit really, like, actually pretty, like, unique shots. I mean, he, anywhere from. That's his thing, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, he can't he can't do it. If you put a, like, I, I don't trust him to really, like, just be driving towards the rim in a, like, set play. Like, I don't, I don't trust him to do that at all. But from, like, the, you know, a weird post position, like, on the, like, like he it seems to be doing really well from, like, baseline, like, in the post, which is a weird place to be posting someone up, but that's, you know, he's just a weird player. Put him in weird spots. But well, don't, but don't give it, he actually looks pretty bad handling the ball. Everyone's like, yeah, he's got really good, I don't see him handling the ball well. It's not that he handles the ball. I think he has, when he handles the ball, he has a sense of where he's trying to go, yeah. and he knows how to pass off from wherever he is. Cause, because he's never been a good shooter, I'm sure, in his career, that's how he kind of when he oh he's been awesome the, on offense. When he runs the brick, it feels like the way I ran the brick in seventh grade, which is just like oh oh god, I hope the wheels don't fall off <laughs> at, at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, when I would be not run, I would never run the brick. Yeah. Well, you don't um, really run anything. Yeah. yeah. I would make sure jog, you jog the thing. I was so terrified of shooting layups because I called them shooting layups. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I would be the guy who if everyone's running on the court. I would find a defender to run next to. To look like I wasn't open. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, it was anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Such anxiety. Because I'm so bad at basketball. You know you my hand-eye coordination it's is terrible. Like you can't throw bottom one percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but honest, I I would like. Okay. How how do I look like I'm I'm trying? Because I don't want to mm. max effort over here. I want to yeah, show full effort. Yeah. But I also like. I don't want the ball. You. I know. I know. I played played with a lot of guys just like that. Um. Anything else from the Nets two preseason <clears> games? <throat> Um, do, do you change your projection at all? Your wind projection? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with 26 for now. Okay. What is, what is yours? I don't think you ever actually laid it on the line. You don't. I don't think so. I'll say 21. Yeah. Um, unless if well, you know, barring a a brook trade. Do you want to do news around league? It's the news. How's that for an answer, Mike? All right, news around the league. Uh, right, uh, this is our segment where we go and check out the news around the league. <laughs> nice. Again, if you want, want this podcast on your phone. We probably should have done the mail first, but okay. Oh, uh, do we have mail? We do have mail. Do you want to just hit the mail? Yeah, sorry. Does it, does it, not like... <laughs> Everyone likes the drops, right? Just, yeah. Make this whole show just one giant drop. Mail time. Mail time. <laughs> Take us out, Mike. Okay, so um, this is your boy, Tynan Burgess. Bow, bow, bow. Thank you for hitting us up. And guys, remember, netspod at gmail.com. So smooth. I really so smooth. I really love an email, I swear to God. Um, so he says, you know, good work on the pod. Thanks. Thanks, Tynan. Um, I think that the success of uh, Kenny Atkinson's system relies on the competency of the players on the floor. In in your opinion, how many competent basketball players are there on the Nets right now? Love it. I count five. Love it. And one of them is not Randy Foy. <laughs> um, By the way, uh, we were pretty excited to our debut pod. If you saw it on S- on uh, Nets Daily, our debut pod, the picture attached to our pod was Randy Foy. We felt. Yeah. That was, was only spe- right. Special. That was uh You only get to do that once. You only have one first pod once, <laughs> and we thought it should be kicked off with Randy Foy. So thank you, Randy. Did did we do that? I think it, I feel like somebody else did that. I didn't. I wasn't part of that conversation. Either. Oh no, yeah. I, that was I asked Tom yeah. if, you could, if you could do that. <laughs> Good. And Smart. he picked a beautiful photo of Randy Foy Smart. staring into a camera blankly. Yeah. Perfect. Um, competent basketball players. Count five. Go. Lynn Lopez. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Boyan, Scola, Booker. That's six. I mm. think I think uh Vasquez, I, I like Vasquez. I a li- lot. I want to like him until he's gonna make shots, it's gonna be hard though. He's not gonna make shots, so mm. you're not gonna like him. Rats. Um but I think I think he's a competent basketball player. Like he he's a backup point guard in this league for for as long as he's not, you know. Like he he's a competent player. He's going to be fine on this team. The only problem is that when he comes in, they're really going to need someone at the two or three that can really shoot because if he's not, he's not going to stretch the floor in any way. You know, it's going to be interesting if if they put him out in a lineup with like Hamilton, Scola, and you know you could go Boyan and someone else could try to go all four and that'd be interesting. But like, go with a couple of bigs that can stretch and. I think he'll be better. If you put him with Booker and Lopez, and it's a little bit tougher for him. So, But I, I think there's competent guys in this team. The only problem is that there's not like anything above competent besides maybe Lynn and then Brooke Lopez. Good. I like that answer. Moving along, um, we got Cherboy. I got to roll out for I got to do a proper <laughs> – make sure the levels don't, don't yeah. annihilate me, please. This is – Manny Martinez. Manny is an, an old card. He's been around forever. Um, 
thanks for your continued support, man. We love you, brother. Um, so he says, who are our top five scorers and what are their averages? That's actually <laughs> could have done some research on this beforehand, actually. Um, Who's on this team? Brooke is going to be averaging a career high, like 22. I'm going to go and make a polarizing prediction on that. Yeah, we do need to do a polarizing predictions pod. Yeah. If you don't know what polar, well, just a, it's mostly a predictions. But hey, these are polarizing. If you don't know, polarizing predictions are predictions that are polarizing. Mike, I'm so good at hosting. Um, I'm so so good. answer the answer the goddamn question. Who who are the top? Is is Brooke Lopez? <laughs> I'm trying to think who's on this team. All right, so Brooke will score 21 points a game. Jeremy Lin will score 18 points a game. Wow, 18 for Jeremy. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but his efficiency stats are going to be horrible. Uh, I, think I don't know who's going to be the third leading scorer. It's going to be Boyan at a tidy 15.5. 15.5, dude. He was. There is no way he's scoring 15.5. I'm pretty sure he's like. What was his averages last year? Let me pull this up. Um, I think. I mean, I I don't know if there's any other answer. I guess besides Boyan, uh, because you have to really stretch yourself to say Sean Kilpatrick's going to be really that good. Skull and Booker aren't going to play enough to get that much. Hollis Jefferson can't shoot, so knock him out of being the third best scorer on this team. Vasquez is not a scorer as much as you know you'd want. I think, yeah. I mean, I guess Boyan would be the third. I still think they trade Boyan at some point this year. That's my polarizing prediction. Is that they're that they're going to trade Boyan um, at some point this year? But why does anybody ever do like whenever you're like um, looking for stats and they have totals? Who who is looking for totals? Season totals like he scored seven hundred and eighty points. (laughs) Yeah, like who? What is that? That is useless. That is such useless information. So yeah, okay. So he averaged eleven point two points. Per game in 26 minutes with a, you know, Joe Johnson sucking up every possession. So, so I guess per 36. It's 15.1. Yeah. He's not going to get 36 minutes on this team, though. I see. Yeah. So that's my, I don't, I still don't think he's that type of, play. like, if he, if he scored 15 points a game, that'd be a pretty big improvement. Unless if he was just putting up a ton of volume. But I, there's no one else on this team that would, you know, score any more points. So. I guess I'll, I guess I'll go Boyan at thirteen points per game, Hollis Jefferson at eleven. Dude, and... Sean Kilpatrick averaged fourteen points per game in, in the last how many games of the season? Yeah, but I think you're right in saying the fact that he's not. I don't know. If, I know Atkinson likes him. Atkinson has talked about liking his sort of mentality that he's a hard worker, but I don't know. If he fits in exactly what they're doing. And Kilpatrick's going to get pushed aside for guys like Levert and Whitehead because Kilpatrick was from a previous regime. And, you know, you would rather Levert and Whitehead get more minutes, more min-mins. Mm. Um, but, hey, yeah. In, name in, the, in... the top eight <laughs> steel leaders on the team and their steel averages. <laughs> the top eight? Top eight. Um, Go. No. How about no? Fair, <laughs> fair. Um, I know, I know. Your boy Jay Lynn's gonna be number one. I think, I think you have to agree with that. All star. Um, yeah. Why not? Got a lot of as long as the fans are voting. Why not? You know. If if Jeremy plays like pretty well this year, let's say he is an eighteen and seven guy, and the team stinks. Mm-hmm. Is that is that like a you just trade him? 
Give me, give me your, your. You trade him seriously? No, you don't trade him. No, no, that's not what you do. If with he's this guy. eighteen and seven, and this team stinks, and they could get a first round pick for Jeremy Lin, a guy they just signed, so it'd be basically you free first round pick for a guy that has no real impact. Would you? You wouldn't trade him? No, I think I think they're, you know, they're. Uh, there's a time and a place for something like that. This is this is this goes back to what we were saying last week about nightmarishly abysmal versus. You know, semi-competent being it being a, I mean, not even seven. I mean, we're going to be like marginally competent in some in some facets, and we need Jeremy Lin to to keep that that thing alive, that little thing. I agree. Like um, so, you know, I, I consume a good amount of Bill Simmons podcasts. So so biased, of course, to the, towards the Celtics, dude. Well, I recently reread his uh, Big Book of Basketball or whatever that is. There are some moments in there I was just like, you are a hater, haterade drinking mofo. He, in one of the things, he was like, um, I don't like the Nets, uh, or he was like, I, I can't watch the Nets-Pistons playoff series from the 2001-2002 eras because I don't support bad basketball. Like, what? Those were the most fun ever. First of all, super <laughs> fun team. Like, you're just such a hate because they were whooping Celtic buns back then. Um, but anyway, sorry. What was your point? Well, he he was saying that there's no point in having Brooke Lopez on this team. I mean, I think there's no point in not having him on the team. You know, because it's not like there's like three. It's not like they're the Sixers and there's three young centers right behind Brooke Lopez that he's blocking. There's no one that he's blocking. Justin Hamilton is who he's blocking, which is not a future of this team. They don't have their first round pick, so there's no point in like in tanking. He has a value on this team, as as we've been saying. You don't want your team to be a dumpster fire. You don't want you don't want the situation. So the problem with the process that the Sixers had was not the fact that they tanked; is that they that they removed all sense of what teams are worth. Um, they they like pretty vehemently valued non-player assets over actual human beings. Yes, and they like were they were not secretive about it. And when the players heard about it, they're like. What am I gonna lay? What am I gonna lay out for this ball, or am I gonna protect me and mine? You know, protect me and mine. That's what I'm saying. And this and the Nets seem to at this point. I mean, we'll see when they if they lose like 20 games in a row and what, how that will affect team chemistry and the process and the process that the Nets are going through. But the, the Nets are trying to build it where they're trying to not be terrible. Signing guys like Scola and Booker and Vasquez. And Jeremy Lin, for that matter, are moves to not be terrible. They're moves to like be competent and be professional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way to go. And I think trading Brook Lopez, you only do it. And I had we'll do. I'm sure we'll talk about this every week. But um, the only reason I trade Brook Lopez if it works for you, if it makes all the sense in the world for the future. You don't just do it just to do it. Right. True that. News it. News it. It's the news. All right, who's around the league? I just saw you grabbing your chest. Did you just have a mini heart attack? What happened there? No, I didn't know if I had the pot turned up. Uh. Um, News around the league. Uh, Actually, we start with some Nets news. Zach Lowe's uh, league pass rankings came out, and guess who was last on the list for the least watchable, least exciting watch team in the league? Brian, guess. I guess it was the Nets, wasn't it? It was the Nets. Mm. Well, what do they know? I don't know anything. Yeah. Stupid yeah. idiot. He's <laughs> yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. I'm actually excited. 
But dude, I'm, I've been watching bad basketball the enti- my entire life, with few exceptions. It's I'm fine. This is way more exciting than watching like I don't know a team who you know is going to be like 41 and 41 and is a bunch of old dudes yeah. who don't like each other. This right. is way dude, more last, exciting. Last year's mind. like doing the pod last year was that was a grind, baby. We were we were watching some old. Farts farting around. Joe Johnson just you know, being nasty. Just, Joe Johnson is yeah. like, what was Joe Johnson's ceiling last year? Was was the big question? <laughs> just kidding. No, it's fun because we get to watch like Chris McCullough. Is he going to be good? I don't know. Right? Is Anthony Bennett going to be an NBA player? Is yeah. Karis Levert do, does he have legs? Jeremy Lin, like I'm legit excited to find out if he can be if he can go Super Saiyan this year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, Why are you looking at me like that? No, no. My headphones just dropped out, but we're still recording, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not going to be super exciting. I would like it if they could get like just some dude who can dunk, but <laughs> that's that's all that's missing for you. Yeah, that really is a dude who can dunk, yeah. like Gerald Green. If they could just get Gerald Green somehow. Yeah. Um, besides like the obvious, besides the Warriors and sort of like that, who is the most interesting non like super super good team? in the nba for you i mean i have an answer it's it's like the consensus choice but that doesn't i mean i just like watching the milwaukee bucks no matter what they do and that's yeah that's know, super interesting too just because i love i love that they have a really weird philosophy i love a weird philosophy of any kind everyone being six seven and over is a fun is a fun thing to do to run out um yeah just a weird team See Greg Monroe on the bench stewing, yeah, absolutely stewing like yeah. a pot of chili. Yeah, uh, Thon, you, the the idea of lineups with Giannis and Thon and John Henson, yeah. just just Come long on. Jabari, just long just dudes, tree, really just that weird. tree lineup. Pretty obvious that people don't like Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. I think that's obvious. That's fun. That's yeah, enjoyable stuff. aspect. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, so so like the obvious choice for this is the Timberwolves because. They'll have sure. Thibodeau mixed in with Carl Anthony Towns and Ricky Rubio. I and do Le- find the Levine. way that Tom Thibodeau, like his whole ba- basketball ideology, is really lame and boring, and I don't like it at all. Yeah, but oh, sorry. Yeah, but the the those Bulls teams weren't uninteresting basketball wise. I I didn't without Derrick Rose, those teams were a slog fest, dude. That was sometimes, but I what think, do you mean sometimes? I yeah, mean I Nate Robinson right. like saved the day for them, you know, for that for, the, for those years. I mean, like how how boring were they like two years for the last two years? So boring. Yeah, I know. I I, I just like Thibodeau. I think he's legit. And that team, team right now is um, unbelievably weird. The Chicago Bulls, like they're what they are running out is so interesting. Well, and like. I don't know where they go with this because they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a lineup out there that makes no sense at all. Jimmy Butler's gonna be traded this year. They're like we like we've seen the way that you know modern basketball is going with the three pointer. We like the twenty footer. We're we're like <laughs> we're, we want all twenty footers. <laughs> and then and then Rajon Rondo who shoots threes now. It's one of those situations where like they have a good asset. So Jimmy Butler is a good asset, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, but we can't tank because we have. A couple of good players, and but we have to get. We want to get better. We have to. We can't get worse, so we have to get better. The moves though that they make to get better, which is bringing Wade and Rondo, is going to end up forcing out Jimmy Butler. Like Butler, in because he's every interview I see of him, he doesn't seem like a dude who's just like happy to be there. He's legit. Like 
even though he came from what was his second round pick and Marquette, no one really thought he was any good. So the idea around him, he's just a hard worker and he's just happy to be like a really good player. I see him more as like a guy who's this year we're going to hear stories coming out of like Jimmy Butler isn't happy. Jimmy Butler wants to be traded. Jimmy Butler's looking at this team and this you, you team and this team. You don't model for bonobos, you know, if you're... That's actually you're, what I'm thinking. If you're I'm satisfied. Everything off the bonobos model. Yeah. Which are fantastic. Yeah, you, you know? like this. Huh? Yeah. Because I walk by bon- the bonobo store on, was it Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. often. Yeah. And there's just Jimmy Butler just midair in a tie and mm-hmm. greatly patterned t-shirt. Just midair. And I look at that face and I say... That guy wants to be traded. Greatly patterned, huh? Greatly patterned. Like, is that is that a kind the best of a pattern? patterns? The best patterns. <laughs> the absolute number one. No pattern. one respects women yeah. more than I do. Nobody respects patterns. Like that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I look at that face and I say, that guy's not going to be happy with Wade and Rondo. The only way he's happy is if, and this could happen, is if like Wade is like working his mojo in some way where it's almost like the the effect that paul pierce has like he'll pull people under his wing and you're like this guy is a hall of famer i should probably follow the words that he says um that team is crazy weird yeah mm-hmm. um second so we were speaking about trump yeah <laughs> kind of yeah. um the so there's been an interesting thing that's developed uh since he had his excuse for that video that came out from access hollywood where he blamed it on a locker room talk. There are actual political reporters asking athletes mm-hmm. if if that is what happens in the locker room. Yeah. Like like yeah. whatever they're going to say. So Sean Kilpatrick was in the New York Times talking about this. Really? Okay? I didn't even see this. Yeah. When did this? Was this today? Um, I think he was interviewed on Saturday before oh, man. preseason game. This? So this is via the New York Times. As he arrived for an NBA preseason game on Saturday, Sean Kilpatrick, a guard with the Nets, mm. said Mr. Trump's comments strayed well beyond locker room talk. That's too much, said Mr. Kilpatrick, especially for what he's trying to run for now. You don't want America judging you on something like that. Kilpatrick added, he kind of get a bad rap and a bad name for it because everyone thinks it's cool to say, oh, it's just locker room talk. Yeah, well, that's... What is interesting about this is does anyone actually believe like when Trump says it's locker room talk does anyone actually like what reporters out there is like oh is this how they talk in sports <laughs> locker rooms this is what they say let's get reaction from yeah. people who have been in sports locker like sure the, silly the other side Silliness. of this even if it were actual things that like if people said that the, the reason that like he got caught on a microphone you know he didn't he didn't want to be caught. <laughs> you don't you don't open <laughs> Sean Kilpatrick like yeah no I talk like that for sure yeah, yeah no 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 it seems <laughs> normal yeah and if yeah. if actually Sean Kilpatrick had said that I would love him yeah much more you would like that huh that would creep me out um yeah actually that's pretty pretty offensive stuff <laughs> anyways um Another Nets thing. This is net news early league usually what's going on in the league, but there's just so much Nets news nuggets that people don't even know about. This is okay. Wow. Celtics want J.R. Smith, allegedly. Frank Asola from uh, the Daily News says the Celtics are sniffing around J.R. Smith. ESPN says J.R. is reportedly looking for $15 million a year from the Cavs. The Cavs are offering 10 to 11. Question for you, Brian. Mm-hmm. The Nets have a ton of cap space. Oh, no. The Nets have a ton no, of cap no, space. No, no. Um, Would it make sense to bring in J.R. Smith? For a certain amount of money, let's say let's say they bridge the gap. Let's say the Nets go thirteen million dollars a year on a three year deal. So thirty nine that would be as much as basically Jeremy Lin is making. Could you imagine how much havoc he would he would 
bring to this team with these impressionable young children. I mean, he just loves Dude. attention from young people so much. It would be the worst combination. Teammates love him, though. Teammates, yeah. they LeBron, love him because he's a spectacle. They love him because it's like <laughs> he's like he's like that kid at the high school party who's like shooting firecrackers out of his butt. Like, yeah, I love this guy, but you don't you don't want to hang out with that guy one on one. You know, you don't want. People seem to want to. Yeah, people like seem to love Jr. All yeah. over the world. It's a nice dude. They just say that. It's like nice dude. No, that's like. Um, I would. I would absolutely you're, you're, give. I would absolutely why, give Jr. Smith fourteen million dollars a year. <laughs> to a to an NBA franchise right here because now. he fills a need he fills a very distinct need it's been shown that no matter how bad he plays he's still a tradable asset he was so bad on the Knicks he was a throw in a, a throw into that Amon Shumpert trade and he ended up being a better player than Amon Shumpert for the team he has a skill set that make, fits perfectly for what this team needs. It would be crazy. You're so wrong about this. It would, it would be, be crazy. <laughs> the Nets have nothing but cap space. Could you imagine like what the locker room would be like? And, you know, Jeremy Lin, Brooke Lopez, It'd be great. and J.R. Smith hanging out together. It would what, be awesome. No, it would create an awkward okay. environment. Would you enjoy? Would you enjoy watching the Nets more? No, I think I would. I, I think I would. Di- stop. I don't stop. It would make you're me being, uncomfortable for them you're by being, proxy. You're being disingenuous. No, I'm not. I'm being Dis- serious. I would just feel so weird for J- for Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez and like Boyan Bogdanovich, sweet Boyan boys. Would, Boyan would be sad. Sweet boys, and then being like, you know, having to deal with J.R. Smith being like, "Hey, let's go to the club right now," and I'm like, ah, "All right, fine," and then be weird in the corner of the club. He's not going with with Boyan Bogdanovich <laughs> and Brooke Lopez. Exactly, he's going to be a lone Jeremy wolf. Lin, he would, but no, Jeremy Lin, Lin doesn't want to go. Anything to do with this? I'm telling you, there would be a rift. Okay. Well, there's that. Uh, Knicks players don't like running the triangle. This is continuing. They didn't like running it last year. They got a bunch of new players. They got a new coach, Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek said uh, recently that players on the team just don't like it. Don't like it. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This this triangle story continues. We, yeah. we, we, we're into another season of Phil Jackson's reign where players say they don't like the triangle, and Jeff Hornacek is saying in this basically that he, the guys don't like it, but we're going to run elements of it. We're not going to run the whole thing. There you go. Contagious. We'll see how that develops with Derrick Rose as your point guard. You're going to keep your finger on the pulse of that story, aren't you? Um, Joel Embiid for MVP. Okay. This is this is from Brett Brown, Sixers coach. Okay, mm-hmm. 76ers coach. Um, he did something that, that should not have been done. He, when talking about Joel Embiid, who's been hurt his entire pro career, hasn't even had one, compared Embiid to Tim Duncan, saying, years ago you saw it with Duncan, you see it with Embiid, basically in terms of what you can do in offense and defense. Where are you, Brian, on the Embiid meter? Is he closer to being a bust or an all-star? I got to see him play. I mean, what's good? What Dude, he's been out there. No, I got to see him. Blocking shots. I got to see him dunking really. On kids. I got to see him really play. Where are you? I need like a long durational. I'm going to talk about Embiid all year. So, all right, what do you got? What do you? What's your hot take? I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I think he's going to be freaking awesome as long as he can stay on the floor in terms of fouls and conditioning. But he's huge. He looks huge. He looks huge. He's athletic. At Kansas, he showed real basketball sense. He knew what he was doing then. I'm like, I'm weighing on Embiid. You're bullish about Embiid. Bullish about Embiid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's news around the league. Well, what else we got, Mike? Did we do it? That, that's it. Another one in the in the can. Another one in the books. Um, thank you again for listening. Again, follow us on you know iTunes. You search glue, search glue guys. Google Play. We're there too. We're gonna get on Stitcher and. We're also on SoundCloud. If you search the glue guys on SoundCloud, we're there too, but we'll uh, lead you out. So thanks again, Nets Daily, and thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Good night, everybody. Woo! Show that now you can now go home.